Let me say this. Let me say this. I've been thinking about this too. Father's Day is the worst holiday in the world. I've done the research. I already know. Let me tell you something. Mother's Day is the second most celebrated holiday in the world. Christmas is first. So it's, that means it's Jesus, then your mama. You know what Father's Day fall at? Number 20. I can't think of 18 other holidays. <laughs> Do you realize Halloween is number six? Does that mean ghosts and goblins go before fathers? Arbor Day is number 13. I don't even know what that is. I just know it come before me, that's crazy. Columbus Day is number 16. Celebrating Columbus Day is like celebrating somebody finding money in your house. Where you get that $50 from? I discovered it in your kitchen. Ridiculous. Fathers, and, I, and it's mother's fault. It's mother's fault, because see, when Mother's Day come around, fathers go in their pocket deep. Go in their pocket deep. Hey, I want to give my mama something. You cash that money out. You know what mothers do? Hey, I want to get daddy something. Well, go in that car. It's some change in my little cup holder in there. <laughs> Don't nobody even have a sale for Father's Day. Who has a Father's Day sale? Mother's Day sale, it's like 30 of them. Everybody have Mother's Day sale. Don't nobody have no Father's Day sale. Who has Father's Day sale? The dollar store. That's how you get water holes and jumper cables for fathers. And the stores know this, because now the stores got a little trick for fathers. They make little packages, where they, a little box. They give you suspenders, socks, and a shirt. One box. And you know what kids do? They give you that stuff throughout the year. They give you that shirt for Father's Day, them socks for your birthday, and then they just randomly give you something else as you know, they think about it. It's crazy. Father's Day sucks, and I'm a father. I did all this work to be a father for it to suck. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 528. I'm your host, Tricky Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. Listeners, if you wanted to guess that they could give you the scoops on everything from Disney World to Teenage Mutant Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, we've got the guest for you. All right, Yield is not here because he's a punk-ass bitch. So, oh, you're um, you're gonna piss him off. Well, he's not gonna listen to the show, but you're, yeah. so you're gonna piss him off. It, it doesn't matter because he's not gonna listen to this anyway. Uh, but we do have a guest, as Alex alluded to. It is the man across the pond. He is the Rocket League ambassador of keeping our Rocket League Thursdays going. It's Gareth. How you doing, sir? Very well. Not sure if to say good evening or good morning, being we're now on the 20th of June, living in the future. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's true. Gareth is more advanced than we are. All right. Uh... A little behind the scenes, guys. I need you guys to vamp for a second because uh, because Yields I here. Nobody updated the trophies. Well, here, Gareth. So as I mentioned, you could give us a little backdrop on uh, on Disney. You and your family recently 
came over to the States. And uh, how about you just kind of, you know, how was that experience for you and your family? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It was um, pretty amazing, actually. It was the first time that as a family, well, in fact, any of us have done uh, been to America for a holiday. Um, so we got back. We did two weeks. We got back last Friday. Um, absolutely amazing time. Um, loved every minute of it. We were so fortunate. We Americans treated you well, right? We heard a lot, I've heard a lot of things about, you know, um, Americans in terms of sort of, you know, their personality and the brashness. But to be fair, every single one we encountered, probably one of the friendliest bunch of people sort of come across. It was really, really pleasant, pleasantly surprised, actually. Um, well, that's, that's good because, you know, if, if otherwise I would have... <laughs> yeah, no, there's... No, there was um, no issues. What's what's her one one encounter? Somebody uh, claiming to be homeless, asking for money, but kind of figured it was a scam straight away. So that was the only only encounter we had. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was brilliant. Was we, that homeless guy's name uh, Daryl? <laughs> no, he we though we did, obviously um, as he's alluded to on um, on his show. Yeah, we had arranged to meet up. Um, we met up on the uh, at Universal. Um, we met up at sort of probably about lunch, just before lunchtime. Um, both our families, and we we travelled with another family. Uh, we met up at Universal, um, did a couple of rides, went for some lunch, went back on the rides, and um, we got on like a house on fire. Both both me and Daryl, um, the families, unbelievably well. I can can tell you how well we were commenting about it. Um, we actually arranged to meet up the following evening uh, for, for dinner as well. And um, the conversation flowed between sort of the kids. They all sort of paired off together and did their own thing. Uh, the wives, my wife and Daryl's wife are both work in a hospital. So they were uh, both in sort of um, like uh, the maternity maternity wards. Um, so they were able to have a good conversation. And yeah, it was just uh, brilliant to sort of meet up, meet up with them and the way we got on it was just natural it was like we'd been sort of uh, like the families had been best friends uh, for, for so long not not like you just sort of um <laughs> met over the you know as i said because it's a little bit weird you know when i've sort of mentioned it to the wife about potentially meeting up you know because you know meeting up with someone on the internet you've met through a gaming podcast isn't sort of the uh you know the standard thing that she would be used to, but obviously uh, she was fine with doing that. And we, um, as I said, we got on like a house on fire. Absolutely, absolutely amazing time. And the holiday in the hall was was brilliant. And that just sort of uh, meeting up with Daryl and his family and having it such a good time just sort of was the uh, cherry on the uh, on the top of the cake. And and uh, you all, I got you guys over in the UK. You guys have your own Harry Potter world, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Is it similar to the one that we have here in the States uh, at uh, Universal Studios in Florida? If, I, if I'm honest, I've not been to the one in England. Um, ah, gotcha. It's like, yeah, it's up in London, but um, I've not, not been to it. My kids aren't massive Harry Potter fans. I mean, they, they watch it, but they're not sort of um, religiously in, into it. You know, they've, they've not read every book, they've not read every movie, watched every movie, but um, they probably will do now, having sort of experienced it over in, uh, over in Florida. Um, the one, th- the one thing I, c- I will say about Harry Potter is I've seen the movies, I've not read any of the books, but that's one place Harry Potter, uh, the Wizarding World, 
like that's a place where you can appreciate even if you're not a huge fan of the series you can appreciate how how cool it is yeah absolutely i think the whole of disney and universe i mean my wife isn't huge fan of um, roller coasters herself but um you know there's just so much to do there regardless of whether you like the rides or not the whole experience of it is, is superb but not cheap yeah, to, to be fair at disney they've got like a lot of you know family style coasters like the um oh god the 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 train a uh, big thunder mountain you know space mountain yeah. they've got they've got more mild rides so it's not you know particularly bad is it you know it's not like velocicoaster or anything like that so they do have you know even for people who are maybe scared of larger um roller coasters they do have some at disney that you uh, are more family friendly yeah absolutely and we we, we did go on the because um, while we we're out there the new guardians of the galaxy ride had opened whilst we were out there so we were able to get on that one as well so now that is like, probably the most exhilarating ride i've done um not the quickest not the most intense but exhilarating brilliant it was did you guys ride the haunted mansion yeah, yeah. So sort of my my daughter was in tears. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah, she's not a big fan of those sorts of things. But uh, we sort of didn't tell it was haunted. We just said it was a mansion. And uh, yeah, there's some actually good photos of her, sort of her on the car with my wife, with um, my wife covering her face with her cap. So uh, yeah, she wasn't. That was probably her least favorite ride. But yeah, no picture. Picture she'll never be able to live down. Exactly. That's what it's memories. <laughs> but it's expensive. I think. Uh, I wasn't quite expecting it. I knew Disney and everything would be expensive, but I wasn't expecting America in general to be as expensive. And then getting used to paying not the advertised price as well is getting used to with the tax added on top. You guys don't have tax out in the UK, or it's all included. So we, we do. It's called VAT, but it's all included in the price. So whatever price you see on the shelf, that's what you pay. Not where is it? Where where we were is. You know, if something they, they add do. sales tax on top of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, just out of curiosity, and this is probably like maybe an ignorant question, but did the currency exchange mess with you at all? Like, like I think if we if we spend twenty five dollars here, it's actually like what twenty three, twenty four. Yes, yes, yeah, about twenty, about twenty two dollars, twenty one, twenty two dollars probably um, yeah, so. for every twenty five. Yeah. So, so, I mean, does the conversion rate mess with you at all? Like, did you spend more money than you thought? No, we, we took a we took a fair amount. We actually spent less than what we um, than what we took, um, and we uh, we've actually sort of we had a twenty two hour delay coming back as well, um, which was a bit of a nightmare. But we've been fortunate to um, receive some compensation as well. So we've received about two thousand pound compensation for that flight delay. So that's obviously softened the blow somewhat. Yeah, that yeah, that definitely uh, that definitely helps. Yeah, absolutely. Why why such a delay? Your flight got cancelled or no technical problem on the plane? So we we got to the airport, sat on the plane for two hours. They had to power it off, so no air conditioning on the on the plane for two hours. Oh. <laughs> Eventually, we come off the plane at nine o'clock and um, no half past seven. Told us the next update would be nine, and um, yeah, so the flight wouldn't be going that night so we had to go to so they put, drove us an hour and 20 minutes back to orlando to put us up in another hotel uh that was at one o'clock in the morning to be told we're going back to the airport at quarter to nine in the morning so wow yeah i think that's why it's t- taken so long to sort of uh get back used to the uh the time zone as well as the jet lag but just we'd, we'd hardly had any sleep over 40 the last 48 hours of the uh of the trip but uh see me the, the last two times i ever took a flight um there was 
I had to fly down to Virginia to pick up my daughter, uh, and the flight was delayed by three hours. And I, the the problem is, is because you know, as everybody knows, I'm a smoker. Once you go through security, like you're stuck in there and you can't smoke inside the airports, obviously anymore. So once I got in there, in order for me to go smoke a cigarette, I would have to go out, uh, bring my daughter, who was I think four or five at the time. I would have had to bring her through security again. But the the airport that I was at, it was such a small airport that the TSA actually went home at like 9 o'clock at night. So once you were in, you could not get back in to get another flight because the TSA was there. So they shut down at 9 o'clock. So I couldn't even go outside to smoke a cigarette. The flight didn't, the plane didn't show up until midnight. Then it was another two-hour flight. So for five hours, I'm sitting there with my daughter, who's cranky because, you know, it's just nothing for her to do inside of an airport terminal. And, yeah, five hours without a cigarette. It was, it was bad. And then I went to PAX East. Got in, I was leaving Boston. Got on the plane. Same thing. They kept us on the plane for two hours. It's like an hour flight. And, yeah, the last two times I flew, there was, I had to sit on an airplane for two hours. And I wasn't allowed to smoke or anything. And, you know, I don't know if anybody's a smoker out there. Or, but your nerves start going. And I'm claustrophobic as it is. So, yeah. A good reason I, to give up. Yeah. yeah that, right. is, that is uh, on smoking, not just life in general. <laughs> um, before, uh, Gareth, I was curious, like, your mentality when you guys were saving up money to go to Disney and Universal. Like, for us, it was like, well, we're going to spend a lot of money, so we're just going to accept that fact. Because, like, we went to August Cantina in Galaxy's Edge, and we spent just $100 alone on drinks. Like, was yeah. that your all's mentality going? It's like, well, it's Disney and Universal, and how many times are we going to be here? So, fuck it, let's just spend. Yeah, it, w- it was it was basically like that. We'd, we'd saved, up, saved up for a couple of years to, to go. We, it, we, it, it's unlikely we're going to do it again for a, for a few more years. Um, we will come back and do it 100%. Um, but, um, yeah, we didn't want to sort of leave anything out there, so we thought we'd, um, you know, we spent close to three grand, you know, three in spending money. Um but um, yeah, the, the kid, it's just all about sort of making the memories and the kids sort of having a having a great time. And the, and the uh, first time you all go as a family, that's that's critically important, right there. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've learned a lot of lessons from it. We could do it cheaper, you could do it more expensive, and um, you know, but certainly learned a lot from that experience. And if we were to do it again, I think we could sort of cut costs, uh, you know, further. But yeah, it's an amazing time. Wouldn't change it for the world. Well, the next next time you come to America, you got to come to New York. That is on the that is on the uh, itinerary. New York, hundred percent. The and wife I, is I desperate will, to get there. I, I will I will gladly show you around Manhattan. Yeah, no, that's uh, I can see New York happening sooner than going back to Florida. Actually. All right, so I think we sold enough. I got the trophies yeah. up. Uh, I am level 681 total trophies of 16,738 with 372 platinums. Alex? I am level 469 with a total trophy count of 7,974 and a platinum count of 125 in 124 games. 459, sir. I said level level 459. You said 469. I thought I said 459. Nope, you said 69. You must have sex on the brain. No, I'm not like you. I don't get infinite jollies out of that joke. 
<laughs> Yield is level 475, total trophies of 8,528 with 154 platinums. <coughs> and, a, and a very smoker's cough in a pear tree. Yes. Sid is level 602, total trophies of 12,634 with 288 platinums. And Gareth, what are you looking at, sir? Uh, level 450, total, total trophy count 6892 and a plat count of 114. All right, so Gareth, we have to address the elephant in the room. Um, there was a little bit of controversy uh, that I was gracious enough to give him an out. Um, but just for the record, I wanted, I just want to put this out on the record because you know he's not going to do it. Did Daryl break our bet? I think it was, um, I was surprised you went down the route of um, going with the public poll, to be honest, because I think me and Rick had um, established or agreed, I should say, rather than established, agreed that it the, the game would have classed as, would, did class as spam. Um, however, I genuinely think that Daryl was kind of lured into it by CJ um, and as as a lot of people had pointed out, he did stop. Um, it, it depends on the terms of the bet. If if it's to play any any spam at all, then regardless of whether you're lured into it or not, then technically, he yeah he, he would have failed it. But I think in the spirit of the competition, and um, I think it's and in the interest of the sort of keeping it keeping it going in the in the uh, interest of the community in the in the, the side bets, I think it's. It's good that it's carrying on, and um, and I think it's, it's overall it's probably about the f- the, f- the fair res- fair result. I think um, when you take into it into account everything. All right, so just just to be clear and to be fair, uh, you know the full story is is Daryl was on a show with CJ. CJ suggested he play this game. CJ told him it wasn't spam. Daryl started playing the game. And so trophy started popping really quick. He felt like this was spam and stopped playing. Um, so that is Daryl's story. And I'm not saying that isn't like, oh, this is Daryl's story. Like he's trying to make excuses. Upon finding out, which I did not find out. Uh, I think Rick was actually the one that sussed it out and said, hey, this is spam. And called Daryl out on it. Daryl is under the impression that our bet was that he was not allowed to plat a spam game, where I was under the impression that we were not allowed to play any spam games. So in Daryl's eyes, he feels like he didn't lose the bet, but he's willing to take whatever decision I made. Uh, I tried to do the honorable thing and make a public poll, which I knew I was going to lose from the start. Let's, let's just be real here. There was no way I was going to win a public poll. Ah, uh, so it, 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 in my opinion, Daryl lost the bet, but in like Garrett said, in the spirit of competition, I'm allowing the public to make the decision, and the public very clearly is saying that the the bet should go on. Alex, you had some opinions uh, that I disagreed with, but what what is your opinions about the whole Daryl situation? No, I mean I think it was a um, like an unintentional mistake, like he. He once he figured once plat, uh, trophy started popping really quick, he stopped playing it. So he realized he wasn't intending to you know go out and get the platinum. He was he it was a game that was recommended to him, and you know he once he figured it out, he stopped playing it. So I feel like you know that the, right, that right there, like 
shows that it was unintentional, and I, I think he deserves credit for that, so I think that it should keep going. I don't think that he intended to play a spam game. I think, you know, it just kind of happened that way. It was recommended to him, and like you said, CJ said it wasn't a spam game. Obviously, it was. Um, so I don't know. I think once he figured it out, he stopped. So I, I give him credit for that, and I, I don't know. I just think that it, it you know, don't have to be such hard asses about this. If you make a mistake and say, oh, I'm going to stop playing this, and you, you know, basically let other people make the decision, then I, I think that's fine. I don't think you should be able to make the decision because you're his competitor, and I think the rest of us should be able to make the decision. So I think that that's why the public poll, because, you know, you are his opponent in this, and, you know, not saying you can't be fair, but, you know, generally you wouldn't have the opponent pick the outcome for the, you know, the other player. But no, well, I, 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 I don't think he intentionally spammed it, which is which is my thing. I think that he should continue to keep playing. All right. And, and just to be clear here, the... It's established that Daryl played a spam game. Like, that's not in question. What really was in question was Daryl's interpretation of the bet and my interpretation of the bet, where, like I said, Daryl thought we were not allowed to platinum spam games, where I was under the impression that we were not allowed to play them at all. So in my in my understanding of the bet, Daryl lost. But Daryl argued that he thought, well, as long as I didn't plat it, I'm still good. That's why he stopped. Generally speaking, though, with those games, the two come in hand in hand, playing and platinum, because it's very rarely <laughs> with anybody sort of, you know, you can get these plats in 14 seconds. So you've actually platted it before you know you've even played it in a lot of cases. Um, in fact, you don't even have to play it sometimes. You can actually plat it without playing it. So Yeah. Uh, but there is actually a, a spam game out there that... Uh, I will now get platinum in, and this is the first in history. Uh, there are a lot of games like the the Chick C, uh, the Pig P, stuff like that. Well, they came out with a Spider Man, a Spider One, that I will not be playing unless I can just close my eyes and hold down the X button, which I don't know if I can do. I will not be getting that platinum. So there is a spam game that exists that Tricky will not play. You're not even going to finish the collection. What kind of spammer are you? Are you a real trophy whore if you won't overcome your fear of spiders for a rat plat? No, I, I won't even do with it for the 12 seconds it will take to get the platinum. That is filthy. Gareth <laughs> and I are out here playing quality games, and you're sitting here promoting that trash. I'm playing quality games, too. I have. Uh, you have to. You fact, have to. In, in 11 days, Nitro has to pay up his side bet. So, the countdown's on. All right, so because it's late and, you know, Gareth is, took a nap to be on the show with us today, let's get in with our topic. Oh, no, excuse me. What are we playing? Gareth, what are you playing, sir? Um, Have you been play, able to play anything? Yeah, a, a few things this week. So, um, if I had the Vita out, actually, for the first time for a while because we had holidays. So I was playing um, Jet Set Radio on the, on the Vita. Um, my first time playing it. Controls make it a bit awkward. Um, it's, yeah, I think it's going to be a... It's no plat in it, but I think it'll be a pretty tough 100% by unlocking the characters. Um, probably the hardest tutorial I've ever had to do as well. Um, playing um, Werewolf the Apocalypse as well uh, through PS Now. Um, a little bit janky, but um, really satisfyingly good fun, actually, just to uh, beat up the... Uh, that's all you're doing, really, to go into a room, destroy all the enemies move on and that's literally all, all you do in the game really well 
and collectibles. You will need a guide for collectibles if uh, you plan on platting this. Um, this 104 odd to collect, and there is no chapter select if you do miss any. So um, if you miss any at the end, you're going to want the plat. You're going to have to replay the, the whole game from start to finish. Uh, well, and start until you reach that uh, missed collectible. Um, nearly got the plat on World Rally Championship 9. Um, a few more trophies left to go on that. I'll probably have that in the next week or so. And the main one, though, is, um, like Alex, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge game. Um, absolute gem of a game, really. I haven't played a beat-up game for quite some time. The only reason I got it was because of... Uh, well, two reasons. The nostalgic aspect of, you know, me go, when I used to go and play these games, the four-player co-op in the arcade. And then there were so many people within the community across um, Trophy Horse and, and Loot Bros that were getting it. I sort of uh, got a bit of FOMO and um, decided to uh, to buy it. And, yeah, really pleased that I did. Um, gorgeous looking. Plays plays brilliantly. Um, really had a lot of fun. It's not the type of genre I tend to go for, but um, it's made me think that I will look at other games of this genre as well. So... Yeah, highly recommended for anybody that doesn't have it. Um, and that's that's me for the last week. All right. And uh, we're not even going to talk about you cheating on Shredder's Revenge. Alex, what have you been playing, sir? Well, you got to throw me into that category, too. So uh, I, I know. I, I was going to get there. All right, you guys call me out for cheating all the time, but uh, you guys are cheating. If, all right. So, I mean, you, you can bring that up if you want. So, uh this week, I there's a new Rocket Pass out for Rocket League. We've entered Season 7, so I've been playing some of that. There is a new Season Pass out for Hot Wheels Unleashed, which I bought that. And along with that comes the uh, the story of my, my uh, customer service running with PlayStation customer service. But, well, Tricky, I'll let you decide when, when I should go into that because that's a whole story. But, uh, yeah, Hot Wheels Unleashed, new season featuring new cars like Donatello uh, from the Turtles Probably Shredder, because I think he's the fifth car in the Turtles line. You also got He-Man, they've got Swamp Thing, and then the new racing season is... Um, I think they're going to Looney Tunes racing season, as well as a Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park one. So, lots of good stuff in there, so I decided to get it, even though it was 30 bucks, uh, Plus the $5 extra for the uh, Jurassic Park racing season. But yeah, um, lots of good stuff in there. And uh, other than that, I have been playing... I played more Assassin's Creed... Or, uh, origins towards the beginning of the week and uh got to alexandria which is you know pretty early on in the game but like uh to me the star of the show in this game it's not bayek it's not really the characters the, the big character is egypt like that is the draw of this game that is the the protagonist to me that's the star of the show because if this were a game were anywhere else but egypt i probably wouldn't want to play it i mean it's fun the gameplay is is pretty you know i i do enjoy doing the missions they have, over time, improved the gameplay of Assassin's Creed, so it's not like the first one where, you know, I, I feel like the, the first game of all the Assassin's Creed games, the ones with the assassina assassinations, like the big assassinations, like the boss character, so to speak, like Assassin's Creed, the original one, did that better than any of these, and I feel like that's kind of been lost over time. Uh, the first one had such pomp and circumstance to him, and the setup was perfect for him, and the context and everything, like, they felt like big deals. But in these, in these you know, preceding ones, I you know, there was one that I did in Origins, uh, for a guy named Eudorus, and basically I went to a bathhouse to assassinate him. I basically walked past the guards that were guarding the door to the, the bath he was in, climbed a wall near them, went over the top at, at a hole in the ceiling, got down, killed him, then climbed back up 
you know, went around the rafters on the, in the ceiling, then dropped down by the door of the bathhouse left, and that was it. So, honestly, they've lost a lot of the, the, the things that made the assassinations feel special. Can, the I, story. Huh? can I cut you off for a second yeah. real quick? Okay, I'm not going to defend that because I kind of felt the same way. But with further thought, uh, I I don't want to I don't want to spoil the game. But this Assassin's Creed, because you played Origins, obviously within the name, this is the original like original assassin story. So I, I with further thought, I thought. The same scenario you just explained, I thought the same thing, but I thought, like, I could forgive it because back in that time, nobody was getting assassinated in that kind of a manner. So the guards really wouldn't be that protective because they wouldn't look for an assassin in that in that situation. I mean, true, but again, I think this is the thing. Like, I've been a, you know, ever since the first Assassin's Creed game, I feel like, you know, the assassinations, like, the specialness of them has gone down quite a bit. Like, they lost that. Like, yes, they improved the gameplay overall, but that's one aspect that has never been as good as the original game. So that's why I bring it up. But, okay. uh, I mean, you know, Assassin's Creed works well in Egypt. Uh, it's almost perfect for it. You know, there's like, a lot of cool stuff in there. Like, you can hunt down, uh, you, you know, finding targets and stuff like that. You help you in missions. You've got your, your friend Senyu, which was your... I can't exactly remember if he's a hawk or a falcon or something like that, but it's a bird that you can, like your eyes in the sky and that it's all really really cool to use sinew uh there's lots of loot to pick up so lots of weapons good ways to outfit yourself and constantly improve you know your your uh i, I don't know what your uh, out your um i'm trying to think of the word but um basically you're constantly improving your weapons and your armor and stuff which is really cool there's a stargazing mini game which you match you know a constellation you gotta look around the night sky and it matches the constellation to where it is in the night sky which is really cool so i like a lot of stuff in assassin's Creed Origins. But, um, but yeah, I mean, really the being able to run around Alexandria and see the, the pyramids of Giza in the, in the horizon, like that's, that's the coolest stuff to me. It's not like the actual story to this game. It's, you know, being in Egypt. So just being able to play in Egypt is, uh, is super cool. So, uh, the other game, of course, I've been playing is Shredder's Revenge and like, this is not just, it's like the best Teenage, Teenage Mutant Turtles game ever made. Uh, it's not only the best one of those, but it's also probably the best beat 'em up ever made. And you know, this comes from a publisher, .emu, who also put out uh, Street Rage 4, which may be the best Street Rage game. So they're doing f- fantastic work on the classical game front. Uh, Tribute Games is the ones who developed uh, Shredder's Revenge, and they did a fantastic job. Like Gareth said, it's a beautiful game. Like, the animations and the art style are just fantastic. You know, they've got, uh, just like in the old games, they've got the fire hydrants where you can not you can hit them and it like it's like a trap that'll just like hurt an enemy like the, the cap flying off of the hydrant will hit an enemy and kill them and then if an enemy passes by the running water they'll slip and fall on the ground like just little really cool things like that and actually there was a with the developers there was a, an interview where they someone asked him about uh alternate costumes for the the turtles and they had said that there's so much work had gone into the animation of this game and that every turtle moves differently and and you know um like their attacks, like they all look different, that it would take far too much effort, at least at this point, or, you know, in the, the lead up to the release to actually implement, you know, other, um, like the trench coats or something like that, or, you know, maybe samurai armor from like the third movie, but it would, it would take so much effort to implement uh, alternative costumes that they just didn't do it, just because that's how much work went into the, uh, the animations. But the game is beautiful, you know, a whole new soundtrack, and honestly, this game... It's 16 levels, and basically any bad guy, any anybody from the, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the word, I, rogues gallery, there we go. Anyone from the rogues gallery of turtles that you wanted to be in there is pretty much in there. 
like anybody from Bebop and Rocksteady to Shredder to um, Leatherhead, like anybody you can think of is in there. So that was really a joy for me as a longtime Turtles fan, seeing all the different foot soldiers, seeing the rock soldiers, and then just getting to the boss fights. All the bosses are really well, well represented. They're a lot of fun to fight. And uh, there's just a ton of different throwbacks to the Turtles games of the past, like there's an autosave icon that's a mutagen canister. You've got, when you fight the Rat King, like his ship from Turtles in Time that he's rides, you have to fight him on. His ship is crashed in his lair. He's sitting on it like a throne in this game. You know, the, the bosses flash red as they take damage like they would in the old games. You know, uh, at the start of each level, there's a silhouette of the boss, just like in Turtles of Time. So it's like got the, the name of the level and then like the silhouette of the boss. And it's kind of got a little intro like that, like you would see in Turtles in Time. So there's even a level uh, called Big Apple 3 p.m. It's the second level in the game, which is a throwback to, I think, Big Apple 3 a.m., which was in Turtles in Time. So the people who made this game, like, you know, they, they clearly either really love Turtles or did a ton of um, research on it because this game is just, it, it's just filled with so many callbacks and so much love for the Turtles franchises. I honestly... Uh, again, it's the best beat 'em up game. I think it deserves Game of the Year not consideration. To be perfectly honest, you know, maybe maybe it only wins Family Game of the Year, but it it really deserves Family or uh, Game of the Year because it's a fantastic game, absolutely fantastic. If you're a Turtles fan, you love Turtles in Time. This game is perfect. It's, it'll give you everything you want from a, a, a game that is basically you know bigger than that experience that you had as a kid. And uh, my first run through was with uh, Gareth and Joe Priestley, so had some people from the community. Unfortunately, we weren't on headset, but uh, I had somebody here working on the plumbing in my house, but uh, got to play with them, and it was a ton of fun. Um, so thank you, Gareth, and uh, thank you to um, Joe for helping me get through the first time on the story mode, and then, you know, I had dupes help me with some of the other trophies, so, but yeah, it's it's everything I, and more uh, that I wanted from this game. It's just fantastic. So Tribute Games did an amazing job with uh, Shredder's Revenge, so if you're sitting on the fence, you should absolutely buy it. All right, so... Let's get into uh, you guys cheating. You, uh, Gareth, I think you were the one that found out how to uh, manipulate a trophy. I think it was dupes. No, it was dupes. It was. Oh, it was dupes. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. So, Alex, since you're uh, you're guilty of it too, uh, why don't you explain how you guys are cheating? It's so the game. there is a trophy in the game that the final boss of the game. Um, well, I'm not gonna say who it is. I mean, I guess it's in the trophy list, but I'm, I, I won't spoil it. Basically, the final boss of the game, you have to beat that boss without taking any damage, which, you know, in most games is a pretty ridiculous thing. Uh, and I will say in this game, it looks hard, but I mean, the, the attacks aren't hard, really that hard to dodge, but over the course of an entire boss fight, you're gonna you're bound to fuck up once. So, uh, so basically, yes, you have to beat the final boss without taking any damage. And um, so Dupes had uh, gotten this trophy, and I was like, how the hell did you already get this? This was going to be like one of the big trophies that held everyone up. And basically what he told me, and he helped me do this, is you have somebody go in and fight the boss. And then once the boss has a sliver of health left, you have another person jump into the game, <coughs> defeat the boss, and then that person should get the trophy for defeating the boss without taking damage. And I also did this for Gareth because Gareth was having trouble with it. And I've seen other people in the group, in the trophy looting group, the brand new group on Facebook, the uh, the Loot Brothers and the Trophy Horse community is coming together for the, the for help with uh, trophy um, boosting. Uh, definitely let us know if you guys are interested in that or join if you're interested in that. Um, but yeah, so basically you go in, have somebody else beat the boss down to a little health, and then you join at the last second, and then you pop the trophy. So And yeah. It, it's basically circumventing all of the d- difficulties surrounding this trophy. You're just making it really easy. So, 
you circumventing that's a fancy word for cheating just so you know i mean i'm not gonna deny it but also at the same time i'm not gonna sit there like if there if there's a trophy like and get the trophy legitimately i mean like i mean which is worse the way you're doing it or me writing script to hey beat mortal Kombat trophies hey i brought that up not to not to shit on you but just for clarification all right i didn't call you i wasn't one of the people that called you out on facebook for cheating so i just brought it up for clarification because i wasn't sure I think only one person is really uh, arguing, saying that I'm cheating. I don't think I'm cheating. But anyway, I, I get it. It is a trophy that you are basically taking the easiest route possible to get it. And, you know, you're doing it within the game. Um, so you're not like, I mean, you it's legit. But at the same time, you're making it incredibly easy to where you have to take all the difficulty out of it. So, yeah, if you want to look at it as cheating, I totally get it. Um, and I, I will totally take that because, again, this is a trophy. It's like... I will go after every trophy I can. Like, I, I will put the time and the effort into this game, but I look at that trophy and I'm like, I would much rather do this easy path than actually just get, you know, do this the the the, the legit way, to be perfectly honest. It's one of those trophies I just don't want to deal with. And, you know, you can... Gareth, how do you feel about it? Well, is it any different to rubber, rubber banding your controller to clock at miles on a racing game? Because you're not actually doing it. Is there any different to that? I don't I, the one thing I will say is maybe the only difference is that this was difficulty-based, whereas the other one was just time and effort-based. So Truth. maybe that... I mean, I get it at the same time. I'm still going to be just as happy to have this Platinum Trophy. So if anyone wants to call us a cheater, cheaters for doing it, go ahead. That's fine. Um, we I, I, And just just to be clear here, like, I'm just... I'm giving them shit because I really don't care. I, I'm probably going to do the same thing if I ever buy this game. I, I just... I'm just tr- call, trying to call out their hypocrisy that everyone wants to say, oh, tricky cheats at games, but yet you guys are openly talking about circumventing a trophy. And it's like, nobody's saying, oh, that's cheating. Tell me, I don't really know how Dupes did it, but there are multiple people who had this game. In fact, almost anybody who's had this game, once Dupes brought that solution up, everyone's saying, yeah, I'm going to do that. So Exactly. So you're, Hypocrisy. You're, so you're sitting here speaking to the community and... Um, also, to be fair, dude, give me some credit. I play some hard games. I play some hard ass games while you're sitting here playing some, some, some ice cream cone games. Some really just this cake game. So don't be giving me shit about you know. Um, it's it's mayo. Get it right. I don't think this method will get you banned from PSNP. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, definitely not. But I wonder if they will patch it out though. I wonder if you will have to, at the at the same like at some point they'll be like, okay, this is how all these people are getting this trophy. They're maybe they're gonna say you have to be in like clocked to the beginning of the fight before you can get this so tricky you may not have the option depending on when you buy this but uh but yeah i mean it's a valid point it's fair like it takes all the difficulty out of it so but at the same time everyone who has this game that i've seen has used this method or wants to use this method so all right uh and the only thing i've been playing all week is the division two uh going through a season uh again uh as alex pointed out we start we start Started a new Facebook group called Trophy Luton. Or tr- is it Trophy Luton? You're the it one that started it. it, so. Yeah, I know. We went through like four name, name suggestions, I forget. Um, so if you want to join that group, it's a closed group. Uh, we're trying to keep it within the community, but I think we're going to open it up to the public. Um, so right now, uh, I'm trying to figure I don't know. I just lost my train of thought. All right, so let's get into our actual topic. Well, do you want me to tell my Sony story now or later? No, because it's your own fault. 
Wait, hold on. You were on my side. I, 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 I'm just, I'm just trying to trigger you, Alex. Well, you know, just the buttons to push. I mean, do you want? Because I, I promised that I would tell people this, and I feel like it's, yeah. it's a heads up. So, uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Before you start, I'm gonna say I'm on your side on this, but you kind of did this to yourself as well. Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell everyone the situation. Again, I don't think a refund should have been a problem, but Sony's going to be Sony. So I went to buy the Hot Wheels Season Pass Volume 3, and uh, it's 30 bucks, so it's nothing, you know, nothing to kind of just, you know, not money you just want to throw away. So I bought it on the PlayStation app, and when I bought it, I, you know, I didn't see anything that denoted it was a console-specific add-on. So I bought it at work, and I bought that in Bug Snacks, and I was like, cool, I've got them purchased. I can, you know, just don't have to go through it on, uh, it'll make it easier to download and play on my, start playing it right away on my console when I get home. So, because uh, from the PlayStation app, you can have things downloaded to your console. But, uh, so when I got home, you know, I could download Bug Snacks and everything, but at the same time, I could not download Hot Wheels, the, the Hot Wheels Pass, and I had to, basically saying I had to rebuy the thing and rebuy all the cars within it. So I call Sony support after Tricky tried to help me through it, and we couldn't figure it out. Which thank you, Tricky, for you know setting aside a time, setting aside some time yep. to try to help me through it. So, Anytime, brother. So I wait on the phone with Sony support for an hour, and you know that's frustrating. But at the same time, the guy, the first guy that I talked to, probably spent a good twenty to half twenty minutes to a half an hour with me, so I can understand how you know with all the call-ins they get that uh, it would take time. So basically, me and this guy are troubleshooting, and eventually, after about a half an hour, he tells me, I think I see the problem, you bought the PS4 version, the PS4 license for the, the pass. And he's like, we're going to have to get you over to refunds because I can't do that. So they can't just transfer your refunds. You have to hang up and then call back again and wait in line again to talk to somebody. So that probably took another half an hour. So I get online finally with somebody from refunds and I explained the situation that, you know, even on a receipt that I got from, the, from Sony in my email, it didn't say anything. It was just Hot Wheels uh, Unleashed Volume Pass 3 or something like that. It didn't say anything console specific. So, you know, I, I explained the situation and then they say, well, we can give you the refund for Bug Snacks, but we can't give you the refund for Hot Wheels because it shows that the, the, the game has already been played and the content's already been played. So... When I was trying to troubleshoot with the guy from Sony and from PlayStation, he told me to go open the game and to go through the in-game store and that to see if it would if that was one of the situations that would help clear this up. So the guy from PlayStation actually told me to go into the game. I never played the game with the content because I obviously couldn't download it because I was playing on PlayStation 5. And one of the things Tricky mentioned to me after I got off the phone was uh, they are separate licenses for the PS4 and PS5 version of Hot Wheels. I don't even own the, the Hot Wheels Unleashed license to play on the PS4. My PS4 has not even actually been on probably in the last you know, three, four months. It sits in the living room and Ashley plays on it. But I, I mean, I haven't played on it in the longest time. So I literally could not use this content. And they told me that because it, it, it's on their end that it looks like the content had been played, they could not issue a refund to me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? If, if you do the refund, it kills the license. I can't access that content anyway. And I would just then take that money and then buy the PS5 version like I wanted. And they stuck to their guns. And, you know, I wasn't trying, you know, this is an extra method to get, you know, my money back, but I, I was pissed and I was like, you know, are you guys trying to push people towards Game Pass? You know, I've got, you know, Teenage Mutant Turtles Shredder's Revenge coming out next this week and, well, hell, I'm just going to buy it on the, on the Switch because, like, I have been a loyal Sony customer. I've owned every Sony home console. You know, on this show, I'll defend stuff that Sony does that, you know, Tricky looks at and he's like, this is bullshit. So I'm a good customer Sony. I buy a lot of games full price. 
And, you know, like I said, I will stand up for Sony in certain situations. So I'm like, how do you treat your customers like this? This is an easy mistake. You know, with all this Sony, you know, pushing digital downloads and getting away from retail copies, stuff like this is going to happen, especially when it's not easily denoted or, you know, it's not um, very easy to find that, oh, hey, you know, this is, or, you know, it's like not readily in your face. Oh, this is the PS4 version. Like there's a lot of confusion about that because, you know, so many games, you get the PS4 version and the PS5 version when you buy a game. So a lot of like stuff like this is going to happen with people assuming or not knowing that they're buying something specifically for one console. So I was just like, I was like, okay, well then give me the refund for bug snacks because I don't want to support you guys with my money anymore. Um, I, I'm probably done. And so they put me on hold and then they came back and they said, well, good news, we're going to refund your entire thing. You know, this is not authorized, but we're going to do this for you as a one-time thing. After I mentioned Game Pass and after I mentioned buying Surge Revenge on the Switch, they reversed course and said, oh, we can do this for you. All right. Now, I, I have an update to what I told you. Um, they, the, You actually downloaded the content for Hot Wheels from the app, right? Yes, I added it to my library for the 4, but the okay. 4 was never turned on, so I never actually played with the content. Okay, so uh, dealing with cu- Sony customer service, uh, let me clarify what they were saying. The guy told misspoke when he said that you used the content, because Sony's policy is actually, like, if you pre-order a game or you buy a game, you can get a refund as long as you have not downloaded the content. So the second you press download, on their end, they see that you've played the content. Where if you would have said, I don't even own the PlayStation 4 version of this game, that probably could have killed it right there. And they would have said, okay, there's no actual way he used the content. But the guy, the guy you were talking to first saw that you downloaded the content. So at that point, he just assumed you used it. No, no, no. But the guy I talked to first was the one who was trying to get me over a refund so I could get a refund. The second person, she was the one who was saying I couldn't get a refund. The first guy made it oh, seem oh, like a sorry. refund was no problem. Okay, well, either way, whoever told you that you used the content, they just saw that you downloaded it. That's all it was. But yeah, but I mean, like, again, uh, that's that's bullshit. I feel like Sony be like, okay, you know, this is a mistake, especially, again, with digital purchases and them pushing everybody towards that way. Like, stuff like this is going to happen. You have to change your policies just a little bit. You know, it's not like I call every week and ask for a refund on a purchase. This is like the first time I think I've ever done it. So... No, no, no. I'm, I'll Listen... With with everything going digital like this, and especially on games that are like where you buy the PlayStation Five version, you don't get the PlayStation Four version for free, or vice versa. Yet they they have to whoever's on Sony's end has to do more research into it because when I bought Hot Wheels, I thought I got the PlayStation Four version as well, and obviously that's not the case. So, so. Yeah. Yeah, th- did I make the mistake by buying the wrong version of the DLC? Yes, but I also didn't know I was buying the wrong version of the DLC. So, you know, maybe maybe make that a little bit more obvious, especially in the app. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the people that work for Sony, they were nice. There's even a thing on the Sony, uh, you know, customer service where it says, we would like you to keep the conversation civil. So I'm sure people have gotten on there and screamed at, you know, the representatives. And I don't want to do that. It, this is not their, this is not their policies. People who are just, they're nice. They're trying to help you, but... Sony's policies, like, it almost turned me into a Game Pass user because that's, you don't treat people that way. It's like an obvious mistake, someone who never asked for a refund. You should just give somebody that refund, you know? I, I don't disagree with you. So. But as far as people keep, keep people keeping it civil, uh, I've talked to a couple uh, friends of mine who are Sony execs and deal with customer service like that. 
they tell me all the time, they get calls all the time, people calling them up and screaming at them because the PlayStation 5 is not readily available. Well, and again, they have a message on the on the customer service where they say, we we do not have, you know, if you're looking for a PlayStation 5, this is not the place for you. We don't have any kind of, uh, you know, dates or times or locations for shipments, so please don't call looking for PS5s. All right, Gareth, do you, uh, you want to comment on this at all? Um... I've, not really. I mean, it's. We. I think everyone knows what Sony's reputation is like for getting refunds. I've never had to go down that route, fortunately, uh, and hopefully, I don't have to either. So, um, yeah, sympathy with uh, with Alex for having to go through that, but uh, it's it's uh, no l- less than what I would expect, to be honest. And so that's the, right. my story is kind of like, you know, when you're buying anything on the PlayStation app, just please make sure. Again, we're in this world where some things give you. Uh, buy you the game on the PS4 and the PS5. Some don't. Just make sure you do. You check every box. You look at everything just to make sure you're buying the right content because it can. It's easy just to buy something and think that you're getting exactly what you're getting, and then Sony customer service tells you, "Well, you're out thirty bucks because of this." So, and, appara- and right, apparently, so- Game Pass is the boogeyman for Sony because you mentioned that, and they're like, "Oh shit, okay." <laughs> Last thing we'll say before we move on is, uh, I. I- I laugh at the story of the people when Cyberpunk came out wanted their refunds but wanted to keep their license as well. That, no, and that was my that, thing. It's like if I ask you for a refund and you give me my money back, you kill my license so I can't use the content anymore. Like I don't understand why your refund's a problem. But who knows? Maybe if you're a PlayStation Plus premium member, you can return stuff with more you know, leeway. Well, I mean, okay, I did say it was the last thing, but maybe it's because they think that you downloaded the content, gotten the trophies, and now want your money back. Well, there's no... They haven't, re, like, updated the trophies for this game. It's all... All they've released so far well, is cars and a customization I'm, pack. I'm, so there's no... I'm sure... I'm sure that customer rep doesn't know whether or not there's trophies to that Well, then, then, then somebody else needs to... You know, they need to have the information in there to see... And that's the other thing. So the reason why I just was like, fuck it, give me a refund, and I didn't say fuck it. I, you know, tried not to curse. I think I did say shit, but it wasn't, like, screaming or, you know, yelling at the person. But... So they told me at the end, the first guy who did uh, some, you know, um, God, where the words troubleshooting, that's the word, uh, told me after they couldn't, we, it's like, you know, uh, towards the end of our call, he's like, you know, this is the last thing I can think of. You know, if this doesn't work, you're going to have to call the publisher. And I'm like, what? This is your, the PlayStation Store is, is, this game is hosted on your system. How is this the publisher's fault? And he's like, oh, you know, it, it comes when it comes to, you know, the release of content and whatnot. And I'm like, you know, yes, they do stagger the content in the Hot Wheels packs, but they've already released three of the cars. So stuff has already been released without any kind of issue. So I was like, just give me a refund because I don't want you guys to bounce me back and forth between you and the publisher trying to get my money back. So just be aware of that is that they try to push you towards the publisher to maybe seem like the publisher is the one who's at fault and not Sony. So I, after that, I immediately asked for a refund. I was like, I would just rather have a refund. So, All right. Uh, Tricky, can you think of any way that that would be the publisher's fault? No. Well, I mean, the the only way I could say that is that they should have just released the buy one, get the other version for free. That could eliminate this problem entirely. Yeah, just have the content available on whichever console you want to use it on. But but yeah, we we live in this world where they're trying to push everyone to digital, but yet there's still these hiccups when it comes to buying content. All right, let's get into our topics uh, because this was what was supposed to be E3 week. We have a lot of news coming out. Let's try to get through it as quick as possible. First thing we're going to go through is the Capcom Showcase. I'm not going to mention everything here, uh, but just some highlights. 
This is coming from IGN and is written by Adam Bankhurst. You know, I got to reach out to this guy one day and say, hey, do you want to be on the show? Because, you know, he, he contributes a lot to this show. Uh, we have the Resident, 4, Resident Evil 4 remake gets a new gameplay trailer and confirms a new updated version. The ability for Leon to move while aiming his gun. So no tank controls. Uh, apparently not. Uh, next we have is Resident Evil Village will be getting a, an expansion, the Winter's expansion, and includes the Shadows of Rose Story DLC. That's going to be released in October 28th of this year. Uh, Resident Evil Village Mercenaries mode will soon let you play as Lady Dimitru. Dimitrescu. If that's how you want to say it. That's that's how it's said, or at least according to one of my friends who plays Resident, uh, play that game. It's Lady Dimitrescu. Uh Resident Evil Village is getting a third person mode. Uh, hey, there you go, Tricky. That's we'll call that the Tricky mode. Uh, I still will not be playing Resident Evil. Uh, and that's not like any like dig or anything. I just Resident Evil games have just Dude, never appealed to what me. What are you talking about? Real gamers like Daryl play Resident Evil. Why won't you? You you, you 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 misspoke. You said real gamer. Daryl's not a real gamer. I didn't misspeak. I spoke the truth. You, no, you, you misspoke. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake, Resident Evil 3 Remake, and Resident Evil 7 uh, free next-gen upgrades are all available now. Um, they're going to add 4K support, high frame rate, ray tracing, and 3D audio. Resident Evil Reverse will officially launch in October on, 20, on the 28th. Uh, a lot of Resident Evil news there. Uh, if you are a Monster Hunter Rise fan, you're going to be getting the Sunbreak expansion. Uh, gets a new multiple details and a demo. Uh, the demo is out currently if you want to go watch that. Sunbreak will be releasing on the 30th of this year. Exo, Exo Primordial uh, got a new gameplay trailer. Closed network test is coming ahead of the release. Um, it will be released in 2023 on the PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, the Xbox One, and PC. Uh, Street Fighter VI is getting uh, one more announcement sometime this year. And Dragon's Dogma's 10th anniversary event has been teased, but no sequel announcement. Uh, but I did see a new story where it actually did get announced. So that's all of our Capcom news. I know I quickly went through all that. Does anybody want to say anything particular before we move on capcom certainly knows where their bread is buttered resident evil and street fighter and and monster hunter yeah i, I think the um exo primal i mean probably one of the most generic sounding names i've heard for a long time and I'm, I'm, i can't make my mind up over it because it's i'm wondering why they just didn't go with sort of dino crisis you know given what they the trailer you know, i'm sure the majority of people when they first saw that trailer would have thought that that was uh, a new Dino Crisis. So, um, yeah, I'm, I can't make my mind up on that one from seeing from what I've seen of it so far. But um, yeah, we'll see. Dragon's Dogma Two, though, that that could be interesting. <coughs> All right, moving on. A lot of people, as we were talking about last week, are very upset with Kojima Productions. Uh, Kojima Productions has tweeted out uh, a statement. This is coming from Ryan's Dinsdale over at IGN. Uh, they have tweeted out, quote, 
After the announcement of our partnership with Microsoft using cloud technology, many people have asked us about our collaboration with Sony. Uh, please be rest assured that we continue to have a very good partnership with PlayStation as well. So a lot of people, uh, as we talked about last week, are pissed off because consumers making an Xbox game. Uh, the panic is set in, thinking that Kojima has jumped ship, is now an X-Bot. Uh, that is not the case. Um, and we still don't even know officially if this game is uh, exclusive to the Xbox, because that has not been said. Although, a lot of people are assuming, and that's what they are uh, reporting. But I have not seen anything uh, officially saying that his, it is exclusive. They've got, they've we don't got even two know anything about the game. haven't they? They... Well, right before the right before he came on the Xbox Showcase, we had a story by uh, leaked that Norman Reedus had confirmed that mm. Death Stranding Two has just started filming and was start uh, got into production. So, if that's the case, then yes, there are two games in development right now. And you would have to imagine that Death Stranding Two is going to be exclusive to Sony because I mean, you would. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was with between him and Kojima, but since Kojima is willing to work with Microsoft, you know, again, which is perfectly fine, let him do what he wants to do. You would think that Sony had money invested into Death Stranding. Death Stranding is now on they... PC, though, isn't it? The original, the first one. Yes, I I think Sony funded the first game. So okay. All right. Uh, the next bit of story we have: Assassin's Creed. Next game will be getting announced in September, and Valhalla is getting a new roguelite mode. This is coming from Cat Bailey over at IGN. Ubisoft isn't quite ready to formally announce a new Assassin's Creed game, at least not yet, but it does have plenty of other content in store for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, including a new, brand new roguelite mode due this summer. Titled Forgotten Saga, this mode is described as a fresh take on the series formula and will be free to all players. It brings to mind Hades, the, the smash hit roguelite from Supergiant Games. Only instead of Greek Underworld, it will f- feature Nithelhelm, which f- fulfills a similar role in North- Norse mythology. Many fans have observed the myth has taken on a greater role in the Assassin's Creed series as of late. Conceived as a fairy, realistic take on history, the series has lately been crawling with mythological creatures. Forgotten Saga's journey to Niflheim appears to be more of the same. Niflheim? On top of the Forgotten Saga, Ubisoft also announced Assassin's Creed fans can expect one more final installment in Ivor's Tale. Like Forgotten Saga, the content will be a free chapter for all players and will arrive at the end of 2022. Uh, so, Alex, if you do start making your way through the Assassin's Creed games, Valhalla is definitely worth your time. Yeah, I don't know if I will because, again, like, the gameplay is fun. The story is not, like, that's one of the things that would surprise me is, like, I you know, there is a an out-of-the-animus um, aspect to Origins because you, you come across the person who's, you know, using the animus very early. I really think when they killed off Desmond that they lost a lot because now, because, like, with Desmond, they, um... They kind of had me, where it's like, okay, this is a cool side story. Like, this is a good way to, you know, you know, bridge the modern-day world with the ancestors. 
honestly, at this point, I'm not, you know, maybe you and Nitro are going to tell me, but I see no point to leaving the Animus and Origins. I don't care to. Like, I just want to stay in the Animus and play around. I don't care about what everything else is going on around there. Like, I, the first time they took me out, which was story-based, I spent maybe five minutes outside of it, or even less than that, and mm. I was back in. Is there any point to leaving the Animus? Uh, I can't answer that. So Okay, Have well, I, I get you. It just seems, ones. from this point, it seems pointless, so. So basically, so I, I don't know. Ones, Alex? What's that, Gareth? Have you done all the the because obviously they changed the, uh, the the formula, didn't they? Sort of for for Origins. But have you played all the previous ones as well? No, I played the original Assassin's Creed, and then I played the uh, SEO trilogy, and then I stopped. So actually, right. no, I think I stopped at Brotherhood. So I may have only played three of them. Um, but yeah, I haven't played Black Flag three. Um, haven't played the one in France. Relations, Unity. Yeah, haven't played Unity, Syndicate. Yeah. Syndicate, yeah. Yeah, I haven't... Ha- Syndicate was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I haven't played any of those, so... Um, but I really think that, honestly, this is kind of a one-stop for me, because it's just Egypt, and I love Egypt. You know, Odyssey, like, I do love Greek and Roman mythology, so maybe, but it's not going to be a while before I play another Assassin's Creed game. Especially, like, games this big, I gotta have kind of a cool-down period, because it just, it just takes t- so long to get through them, so... I'm not saying I won't, but it's just not going to be right away. And, you know, like I said, I'm going to take my time with Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm not going to mash through it like I did Horizon Forbidden West. Because so. oh. the other two, after that, they get bigger again, don't they? I think... Yeah. That's, the games are just going to keep getting bigger. Because <laughs> oh. I think the, the new DLC for the Valhalla is 40 hours long, as something along them lines, isn't it? Which is, you know, a full Basically game. Basically another game. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I, oh, going back to the Death Stranding talk, Tricky, real quick. Uh, the publishers for it were uh, PlayStation Studios, Five Hundred Five Games, and Sony Interactive Entertainment. So Sony actually published the first Death Stranding. Yeah, I, I, I think I like I, I have no basis on. I think they funded it as well. But if they obviously if they publish a game, it's not going to go to Xbox. Well, they, you know what? You, you're right. But, you know, we've seen crazier things. We have. You just, I mean, 505, well, it's coming to PC, which is not a shock because Sony is putting more and more of their games, their exclusive games on PC, but you're still never, anything that Sony publishes will never be seen on a Microsoft console. Well, I mean, just look at uh, Insomniac Games with uh, the game they made for Xbox. Which I can't think Sun- of the Sunset Overdrive, right but Sony didn't publish that. No, but that was Microsoft exclusive that Microsoft published. And yep. now it's on. Now Sony owns the rights to it, so they could put it on PlayStation. I guess they could drop the rights, yeah. But I mean, that was a situation where, like with Kojima doing this project, um, Project Overdose with Xbox, you know, that's another situation where Insomniac was still a, an independent studio, so they could do business with anybody they wanted. But again, if Sony publishes a game, I assume at some point that, or if they keep the license up, or you know, that they, it's never going to, you know, go to the Xbox. Well, I think there was one instance of that, though, wasn't there? I think MLB The Show 21. Well, they... they that um, was a Sony publisher, wasn't it? And then it went across to Xbox. Well, that's because Major but, League Baseball told them they couldn't keep it the exclusive. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing with uh, EA losing the exclusive rights for Madden. Um, now, they ha- they Mad- Madden can't be the only football game being made. Yeah, but to be fair, that's in the realm of sports. Any of these, you know, examples are in the realm of sports and not like brand new IP crafted within the video game world. All right, well, talking about a IP that's been rebirth, 
Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth was revealed in a brand new trailer. More on that in a second. Uh, because the article that I'm going to read from is from IGN and is written by Casey David Muir Taylor. Um, the headline reads, Final Fantasy VII Remake is now a three-part trilogy. I thought we knew that from the start. It's just getting confirmed now. Uh, the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII livestream uh, showed the next installment entitled Rebirth. Um... Alongside that information, it was revealed that Rebirth would be the second in what now a three-part trilogy from Square Enix. The tri- trilogy itself in the greater Final Fantasy con- contemplation. With the newly announced Crisis Core, which we're going to go into in a second, which will be out this winter. The Final Fantasy VII Remake stayed faithful to the original in many ways, but there were a number of changes that had both fans confused and intrigued at what's to become. Uh, if you're looking for Rebirth, you could have quite a wait as it is not due out until the end of next year. Gareth, so, you sounded like you wanted to say something. No, so that's a three-year three gap, isn't it, between the first one and, well, for the first edition, I suppose, or the first part of that trilogy. Three years, yes. isn't it? Because I think it came out 2020. Uh, yeah, I believe so. So... So what we're looking at before they're all three are done, you're probably looking at 2025, 20, 2026, aren't you? So I think probably. it's good that they've got that roadmap in place. To be fair, because I think there was, I think there was quite a few people would have been a little bit skeptical as to what what is going to happen after that first one. You know, will will they actually ever finish sort of making that full remake? Um, so the fact that they've actually announced that there's going to be a, a trilogy made of it um, means that there is something. Um, fairly uh, structured in place um, which I think will bring you know make people make people happy that they know that it is in development and it will be sort of uh, coming out as to when it comes out obviously will be uh, or when it will be complete the trilogy that's uh, you know obviously we don't know that yet but uh, yeah it's uh, I think that's a, it's, a, it's a positive certainly from their perspective all right, going more on Rebirth. Rebirth appears to divert dramatically from the plot of Final Fantasy VII, where it was left off in Remake. In keeping with the ways in which Remake already indicated the sequence of events, might not be the same as fans of the original remember. In the trailer, we got to see a lot of Crisis Core's Zack Fair, for instance, who's supposed to have died at the end of the original Crisis Core, but was set up for an appearance during Remake. We also got an announcement, as I said, of Crisis Core Remake called Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. It's likely to see all these stories dovetail into something new and unexpected. Uh, yeah. All right. So that is our Final Fantasy VII news. Uh, you guys want to make any more comments, Alex? No, I mean, the thing else, I'm not a huge Final Fantasy fan, but I'm glad that they have brought back and redone. Uh, in a more modern style, the uh, Final Fantasy VII, which is a very, very popular game in the series, and, and you know, people asking for a, an updated version of it, and also, like Gareth said, the fact that they're openly committing to a schedule of releasing these games, you know, where like a lot of games, you don't know. It's obviously based on the success where they're going to make another one. You don't know, you don't have a guarantee, but the fact that they're kind of charting this out and you know, telling people that and making it public is is a good sign to anyone who loves these games. Is the um, Crisis Core remake, is that based off the PSP game then? Yes, it is. So I wonder then, I mean, uh, whether they may go around the route, they may not do it, but I wonder whether that's 
doing a remake of a PSP game, whether that will find its way to the um, PS Plus Premium. Uh, sounds like an, it's an option. Could be. Could be. All right. Uh, Alex, let's go from a IP that you're not particularly interested in to one that you are very interested <sighs> Day in. Day and night. Let's go, baby. I'm ready. Where will Studio MDHR go after Cuphead? The sky is the limit. Rewritten by Rebecca Valentine over at IGN. Uh, Studio MDHR has been working on Cuphead in one way or another for over a decade now. With the delicious last course imminent, though the studio has looked forward to the future, what could there be more Cuphead after Cuphead? <coughs> According to, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this name, Maja Moldenhauer, studio got to work on Delicious Last Course because it still had plenty of Cuphead on the cutting room floor after the first time around. Elements such as the playable Mr. Chalice and of many Delicious Last Course's new boss, the ideas were born from the original game's development that needed extra time of a DLC to see the light of day. But now with Delicious Last Course wrapped... Moldenhauer says there's nothing left sitting on the drawing board sometimes. Somewhere, we got it all in. Uh, as for what is the future, the quote, uh, she says, quote, the sky is the limit. We have a lot of ideas in our head in terms of what we want to go and what we want to do. I will say that we love 2D animation. We love pencil to paper. But beyond that, it can go anywhere. How do you feel about Cuphead? I've not not played it, but the um, it is on my long list of games to play. Um, I love, I do really like the look of the art style of it. Um, I don't think we'll see something too dramatic in terms of a difference. I mean, they've obviously um, said that their focus primarily as a studio has been sort of two two D hand drawn anime or animation, and uh, and I would expect something along the the line. Certainly, I don't think there'll be a as radical a change as say, because Housemark, who were um, you could tell they you know they had a particular style uh, of game, and they broadened their horizons by with Returnal and, and changed. Although they kept the core mechanics very very similar in the in the basis of the game, but it was a it was a big leap forward for for them with Returnal compared to what they had done in the past. But I'm not so sure that we'll see the same leap from from this studio. Um, and I think we'll probably see something of a similar, similar sort of style or similar sort of gameplay, you know, mechanics to to what we have of of Cuphead so far. Just All right, no, uh, I agree with that. I, you know, they mentioned that you know, but hey, we still like two D animation and and you know stuff like that. So, like Gareth said, you'll they had a very unique art style to and and you know a music set uh, a soundtrack you would say to Cuphead. So. You know, we'll probably see nothing like that, but, uh, you know, an animated 2D style game, like, you'll you'll probably see something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no, obviously there's nothing we can glean other than, you know, that, that little tidbit right there. But given how good Cuphead is, you can expect a game that's challenging, you know, has a sufficient, has like a, a really nice, beautiful hand-drawn art style, something animated, you know, something like a, an animated television show. And then just a soundtrack that befits it, you know, fun but challenging gameplay. So I mean, there's a lot of things we can take from Cuphead and you know, kind of guess where they're going to go. But as far like they said, sky's the limit. So what the subject of that is, and what the characters are, and any, what the game will look like, completely up in the air. So who knows? But I will definitely, when I hear the name again and what the game they're coming out with, which 
given how long it took them to get the last uh, the delicious last course out the dlc for cuphead it was years you know we may not hear from them again for another three four years we don't know all right and i finally beat the first boss or not the first boss the first level in cuphead i gotta go back and play it. yeah i thought you said you couldn't even get, get past the first level I couldn't, and then I played it on the PS5, and I was able to get past it. Can we? We can play together, can't we? Um, I'm not sure because I don't know if you know this, but I've beaten the game on expert and have the platinum trophy. So, if you need help, join in at the last level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get on Gareth and I's level. Yeah, but just bring me down the last <laughs> level. I get all the trophies. All right, so let's before we go into our topic of the week, which is going to be a conversation piece. Um, Let's get bring back the good news. Uh, Alex, you kind of alluded to this already in the show. Coming from IGN and written by Billy Givens. Uh, Shredder's Revenge doesn't have any DLC plans now, but that could Sorry, change. I can't find that book on Kindle. Fuck you, Siri. That was uh, Alexa. Well, fuck you, Alexa. So, I'm probably going to leave that in the show now. Mm-hmm. All right, so... <laughs> On Twitter, uh, CEO said that any future DLC would depend on many factors like the game's reception and ideas feedback and the awesome community will send us. Uh, Quote from the tweet, some clarification here. There won't be any alternative costumes at launch and we don't have any DLC plans so far, but we never said never. It will depend on many factors like the game's reception and ideas slash feedback that the awesome community will send us. The game is uh, already out, as you know we've talked about already. But during this week's episode of Xbox Expansion Pass, narrative director Yannick Bezel made it clear the Tribute Games won't be creating any additional costumes for the Turtles for the upcoming Beat 'Em Up revival. He indicated that the team's perfectionism puts them at odds with their limited resources. Quote: For alternative costumes, it was not really thought of during production because we were very proud of our animations. Any animations are very detailed, and they're filled with character. They're really animated with minute details, which means making them takes a long time. I always thought it would be cool if the turtles could be in trench coats and hats the way they were incognito in the old cartoons. But again, that would take a whole lot of time, and especially with our animators, like they'd want the trench coat to be flowing and you'd want it to be dynamic, end quote. Though they though they may not be interested in creating additional costumes for existing characters. Benzel did hint the team, if given enough resources, would be more likely to work on, quote, work on a new playable character rather than creating an alternate skin, end quote. All right, so the article goes on, but I'm going to ask you two, because you both have played the game, what would you rather prefer? Would you rather a new character to play with, or would you like the skins? Uh, Gareth, we'll go to you first. Um, Skins don't really mean too much to me to be honest so if, if it was a choice out of the two i'd probably say uh, an additional playable character um you could bring in a trophy again for completing the game with with that character as well um is there any scope for having a dlc a, a additional levels you know I, d- I don't know if that's a possibility or not um again it will probably largely depend on the the success of the game and, and how it goes but um i think certainly the people that have bought it, have played it. Um, the signs are good. Um, the reception has been very good. Um, so we'll see. It's. 
I mean, when you read out that quote, it didn't sound very promising um, regarding sort of skins and, and, and you know characters. But um, I don't know. It's uh, I think I'll be whilst I'd like to see it. I think I'll be surprised if we do see it. All right, Alex. Yeah, I mean, it seems skins or characters. I would say character. You know, I would I would love to. I, th- I think that I'm in a previous episode where Joe and I were going off on Ninja Turtles and you know how much we love the games in the series. We talked about like some of the old action figures, like uh, there was a gorilla in like a military, like a, um, uh, a military suit. I'm trying to think. He had like a, a, a military hat on and had like uh, the um, the camouflage on, like he was in the military. You know, there was the giraffe that played basketball. There was the mount, the moose that was a mounty. Like if they released some of those characters from the toys, I would gladly pay for them. So um, I would love to see a new character. I mean, you know, alternate costumes is fine, but in the end, like Gareth said, like new levels with new bosses. I mean, granted, they they dug the well pretty well for the bosses. There's, you know, I'm sure you can find other enemies, but they did a really good job picking the bosses. So you know, there's no complaints. Like they didn't leave anything on the table. I think in that aspect, but I would definitely love to play more levels with additional trophies and you know more characters. That'd be fantastic. And it does seem like they are open to. Um, two suggestions because i tweeted out to them you know right now if you're going on to look to join a random game online and again it can be up to six players online you know there um there's no way to tell which difficulty level those people are playing on so if you join a game you're joining you don't know if it's on chill okay or gnarly gnarly being the hardest one and of course there's a trophy tied to beating the arcade mode on hard so if you're looking for some help doing that you just want to join a random game online you don't actually know what difficulty level is so I tweeted Tribute Games and said, when looking for games online in Shredder's Revenge, is there any way to see what difficulty level other people are playing on? And then actually one of the co-founders of Tribute Games and one of the animators, uh, his name is uh, JF Major on Twitter, or he's a co-founder and a programmer programmer at Tribute Games. He tweeted to me, and then this was like pretty like soon after, like within 10 or 20 minutes of me you know, asking this. He said, I don't think there is. We'll have to add that. But it seems like they are open to you know adding stuff to the game based on suggestions to community so that i mean i don't know if they're going to do that or not but i definitely you know the fact that they would answer me you know i really appreciate that and uh like it looks like they are indeed looking for feedback and willing to answer people when it comes to that stuff so you know i would say the door is not shut and again if they want to release extra content and charge for it i will happily pay for it because this game i think it was much cheaper than i thought it was gonna be like 34.99 when it came out it was twenty four ninety nine, and for being a PlayStation Plus member, I actually got a discount on it. So it was like twenty nine ninety nine, which is a, a fucking deal for this game with how good this game is. So and how replayable it's going to be. So yeah, I mean, if they can make more money off this game, like I certainly hope they would consider putting out DLC and you know at least charging people for it. That'd be fantastic. And you know, using a Nickelodeon license like TMNT, you know, the cost of that alone for a small team is going to be pretty hefty. So, but again, like. The Ninja Turtles, like this, the, like that franchise is so perfectly suited to a beat 'em up like this that it was it was just a marriage, uh, a marriage made in heaven. This game, tribute games, paying homage to a an old franchise, but also bringing it you know to life in the new age, you know, breathing new fire into the franchise. Like they, it was like it was you know, like I said, just a perfect match. Cowabunga, my friends, and welcome to another Sophie's Trophies. This one, as you may have guessed is on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Now, before we start this one, guys, I have to say a massive thank you to Tricky and to Rick. Um, You guys know what you did, okay? I'm not going to air it publicly, but thank you, guys. I do appreciate it. Um, Another honourable mention 
goes to Alex. We tried to get a game, but for some reason his internet didn't work. Don't worry, buddy. We will get on there at some point, my friend. And to Dupes, who helped me this morning go through the arcade mode um, in two-player. Gave me some tips for the trophies. Um, and also a few other things that I didn't work out when I first started playing the game yesterday. So, cheers, Dupes. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, right, trophy-wise. Uh, 31 trophies in this game, guys. From what I've done so far, none of them are too difficult. Um, the game is drop-in, drop-out, six-player co-op, which is actually amazing. It works really well. Um, you'll be playing a game and people will just drop in, decide, hey, it's not for me this time, and bugger off again. Um, but, you know, that's the whole point of drop-in, drop-out. So, let's go through these trophies. Um, thanks to dupes, like I said, um, I have a clue about some of them. So, the first one we have is Honourable Sensei, which is Unlock All Trophies. Then we have Special Report, Stop the Rogue, Channel 6 Broadcast in Story Mode. There are 16 levels in Story Mode, guys. Um, I'm not going to go through all the Story Modes. I don't think... Well, actually, yeah, sod it, let's do it, because not all of them have a trophy. Okay, Piped Piper. Trespass the royal grounds of the New York City sewers and defeat the Rat King in story mode. Buffoons. Put an end to Bebop and Rocksteady's run in story mode. And this one's a hidden trophy, guys. Um, Empire Strikes Out. Retreat the Triceraton Empire in story mode. And the next one we've got here is clean up on aisle four. Stop Chrome Dome before he can something. Bear with me, guys. Um, stop Chrome Dome before he can rebuild the old Technodrome in Story Mode. And then we have Complete Story Mode. Then we have Complete Cast. See all of the different endings in Story Mode. There are seven characters, guys. You have to complete the game to unlock Casey Jones. Um, to see each ending, you do not need to play the game. Um, you can just go to level 16 and finish that and that will give you the ending for that character classic couch memories guys this is an arcade multiplayer trophy so you have to play through the whole game or the whole arcade mode in multiplayer it doesn't take that long i'd say about two hours like the old days complete the arcade mode on the hardest difficulty I've not done this one yet, guys, but I can say with a bit of certainty, maybe, that you do get infinite continues, so it shouldn't be too bad, especially if you can get people to drop in and drop out with you. Okay, Master of One Quarter. Complete the arcade mode without using a credit. Um, me and Dupes did the, this one this morning. It's not too difficult, guys. Um, you know, you just play through the game. And if you start getting low on credits, if you're in a party, um, we figured out this morning, me and dupes, um, I'll say it's more dupes than me, to be fair, that if you come out of the party and come back into it, you get all your, all your credits back. So you can easily top your lives up if you need to, um, if you're getting low on credits or lives, which will save you using a credit. Most fearsome fighting team. 
complete a stage in any mode in multiplayer. Now this will happen as you are going for like the old days. Or no, I beg your pardon guys, classic couch memories. So you get that one if you're going for that. Teamwork. Perform 10 team attacks in multiplayer. This will come naturally guys. Um, very simple to do. Kind brother. Revive a teammate in multiplayer. Now this one you press uh, L1 when somebody's down and you will revive your teammate with pizza. It takes a few seconds. Um, so I think it's like 5 or 6 seconds. So um, if you wait until you're down to one enemy or you've killed all the enemies on the screen and revive your teammate that is probably the easiest way because you do risk getting hit i have to say sharing is caring cheer up the same teammate three times in a single stage so press l1 and you will do a, a cheer up move um, you just need to do that three times and um, you get this trophy biggest fan Find all cameos in story mode. There's quite a few of these guys. Um, they're hidden behind items. Not too difficult to find. Everything's really easy to find, to be fair. Multitasker. Complete all of the special requests in story mode. So, as you're going around story mode, um, some levels will unlock where certain characters give you requests, like a guy called Vernon asks you to find all his videotapes. Things like that. It's not overly difficult. Um, you know, they're just in there to just give you a little incentive to find the collectibles, I think. And then we have Players Casey Jones, which is Beware Lawbreakers. So, to unlock Casey Jones, you need to finish the game. Um, very simple, and then just start the game as him. Breaking out. Destroy 200 breakable objects. So... As you're going around, same with Streets of Rage and games of this type. There are items that you can hit to destroy them. Just break 200 of them through your playthroughs. Ineffective. Defeat the Rat King while using Splinter. Very self-explanatory. Play the Rat King level with Splinter. Button Masher. Win the minigame in Coney Island. Now, as you're playing the game, there are five balloons i think they are and you have to blow up the balloon quicker than anyone else um thanks to dupes again for telling me about this when we walked past it this morning otherwise i never would have noticed because i didn't look at the trophy list yet but uh, if you're in two player just stand back and let your mate do it or let them stand back and let you do it very simple a and b finish a boss using a super attack very simple, um, once you've built up your super attack you can use L1 um, to meditate, that will build up your attack or you can beat things up to build up your attack, either way works. Um, as long as you press triangle and use your super move and the boss dies, then you get this trophy. Mode 7, a great little throwback to uh, snares, this one. Um, throw 16 enemies towards the camera very simple use the grab button and then pull down towards the camera and throw the boss or throw the enemy cowabunga it is perform a 250 hit string uh, which means a combo guys i haven't got this one yet i will get it um so as you fight in hit things build up your combo once you get hit your combo disappears 
So it's a case of uh, learning the level. I'd say learn the first level. Or dupes said learn the first level. That's the easiest one to do, guys. Um, you will get it eventually. It just takes time and a little bit of practice. And then we have, come on, got hit while performing a taunt. So you can taunt your enemies. Um, I forget which button it is. I think it might be R1. Um, so while you're taunting your enemy, make sure somebody hits you. Who needs a dock? Defeat Super Shredder without being hit. Harder than it sounds, this one, guys. No, really, it is. Um, if you do it legitimately. Um, but there is a way to do it. So, um, what you need to do is you need a friend or anybody playing the game. Have them beat up Shredder until he dies. But before the credits roll. Then once Shredder is in that position... Get them to let you join their party. As soon as you join their party, you will get the trophy for beating Shredder without getting hit. Um, other than that, you know, try, 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 try again. Pizza time. Eat 20 pizzas. Self-explanatory. Opening an antique store. Find five different collectibles in story mode. Very easy to do. No need for mutagen. Bring all characters to max power level in story mode. This will require you to play levels multiple times with multiple characters. Um, as you fight, beat up enemies, you know, do things, uh, you will get points and those points go towards your level. I think you go up to level 10 with each character. Um, so yeah, you have to just keep keep fighting, keep, uh, keep turtling guys. Okay, cheer up Raphael whilst playing as whilst playing as somebody, Casey Jones. So obviously you do your L1 cheer up move whilst playing as Casey Jones as long as Raphael is there and you cheer him up, you will get this trophy. And the next one, return to sender. Deflect 10 projectiles. Um Again, not done this one, guys, but it's not that difficult. Just use your deflect move to uh, do that. So, that is it. Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Um, the game is amazing, guys. It really is. The the co-op is, is awesome, the way they've done it. It works really, really, really well. Um, I will be playing it for quite a while, I think. Um, yeah, so, that is it. That is it for Turtles. Um, keep getting those trophies, guys. I will talk to you next week. If anybody can give me some ideas next week, that would be cool. Um, and I hope you're all okay. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And once again, cowabunga. See you later, dudes. Bye. All right. Uh, before we go into our topic of the week, you know we have to do it. All right, so we have one question coming from the community and is written by Matt G, who starts off his com or his question by saying, comment in just to make sure there's a question for Tricky to play the social media sound bite for Joe. So I appreciate you there, Matt G. But then he quickly turns on me, and his question is, if you can script 
to play certain parts of a game to get trophies, what's stopping someone from scripting the game to play itself for said trophies? It's fine as long as you're holding the controller, right? Alright, so before I respond to this, I'm going to give Alex and Gareth a chance to respond. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you, sir. I mean, I don't really have any experience with macros, so again, that's why I asked for clarification. It wasn't necessarily to drag the tricky through the mud. It was me, you know, wanting other people's opinions on the situation. And most people said that, you know, it was fine. I know that Ashley said it was fine. JT said it wasn't cheating, although Matt Murray came out and said that it was cheating. And, uh, um, but I mean, most of the community seems to be on, you know, the side that it wasn't cheating. So, I mean, I don't have any experience with macros, so I don't know how far you could actually take it as far as like playing a game that, you know, where you could just essentially get trophies just without, with paying minimal attention. Gareth? Yeah. Um, so again, I, I haven't even got as far as that having been away. So I've not even listened. I'm an episode behind. So I haven't heard that episode where, you, where it's talked about macro. So, I, and I'm not too familiar with it um, anyway. So um, it probably best answer coming from you rather than sort of getting me involved in it, to be honest. Cause I, I wouldn't really have an answer that would uh, carry any weight, right. to be honest. Well, I'll catch you up real quick. It, it's it's a very simple explanation. Uh, there are some trophies in Mortal Kombat 11 in which you have to beat uh, some tutorials. Right. In which you have to do certain combos and stuff like that. Now, I'm assuming you know what a macro is. Um, is it like a command, is it, or something like that? Yeah, it's basically... Uh, you you program either a program or you or, or a computer program or a controller where you hit a button it records your move your inputs and then you can save it and then in the future instead of having to do all the inputs again you just hit one button and it matches exactly what right. you recorded okay so uh i i explained that i used macros to do certain combos in the tutorial to get those trophies and it was brought up by Alex, you know, whether or not that was cheating or whatnot. And, you know, as Alex said, the community basically saying, no, it's not really cheating. But in, in Matchy's uh, question, he goes, if I could do that for the tutorial levels, what's to stop me from doing that in the game itself to get the trophies and, you know, basically dominate, you know, the towers and online and stuff like that? Yeah, I see. Okay, right, I see what I mean. I think it, wow. I think obviously it's a little tongue in cheek, but you, the 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 tutorials are a set, aren't they? I mean that the same. It's a closed um, scenario, so you you, right. you would get the opportunity to do it. Whereas if you're playing either online or in a in a narrative driven game, the situations will change anyway. So you wouldn't ever really be able to have the opportunity to do it, would you? Really, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't class it as cheating from what from your explanation, what it said. I think I would make the most of that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and just to be clear, I mean, the, the way the macro works is like, uh, you've obviously played, uh, uh, you know, let's just use Street Fighter. Uh, you use to throw a fireball with Ken or Ryu. You have to do the quarter circle forward yeah. and then hit the punch button. And that throws the fireball. Well, when you do the macro, you actually have to do the motion and in the correct speed to do it. It's not like I can go down, you know, yeah. diagonal, right, 
and then press the button and speed it up. It's actually, I have to do the actual configuration to record it. So it's, it, the argument was, oh, well, the gate, you know, the macro is doing it for you. No, I actually did it. I just recorded the macro so I could do it in this particular scenario because within the tutorial, you have to be like three steps away. So if I did it where I was four steps away and I, okay, it fucked up. So now instead of me having to put the input in every single time, I just go to where I think I'm supposed to be, hit the button. And if I do it, I do it. If not, then I got, you know, I reset. And then I, if I do it, then I just record the next macro and, you know, keep doing that. It's a, it's a process. Does it take long to input the macro? It, it, it depends because you have to see, even if I put, even if I did the button motions correctly, I don't know that it's correct until I get into the scenario. Right. Okay. So like if you, like if, if you were in the game and you're trying to do a fireball, but the fireball is not coming out, you would say, okay, well I'm not putting the buttons in right. Where if I did the macro for the fireball, I know, okay, now the macro is working. Now, when I go into the tutorial or if I was being unethical going into an you know, actual fight, instead of me having to worry about whether or not I'm going to press the buttons correctly, I can just press one button and it does it automatically. Okay, got you. So there's, there's an ethical standard to this. All right, so Gareth says I'm not cheating, so. All right. So let's get into our topic of the week, and uh, I'm sorry, stalling a little bit. Ooh, 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 ooh. I've lost the article. It's a bad link. Give me one second, guys. While we're waiting for Tricky, uh, Gareth, I saw you got the 250. There's a trophy attached to uh, Shredder's Revenge where you have to get a, a 250 hit combo, which means you have to kill. Well, not a hit, but you have to. Uh, kill well no no it, it's hits it's not kill sorry sorry let me start that again you have to get 250 hits on enemies without you know being uh, uh losing the life or not i'm fucking this all up here without taking damage <laughs> and then also there is a time like it's time so like there after a certain amount of time if you don't hit somebody uh to continue combo you lose that combo so it's it set you back to zero so you also you know have to be aware of how much time in between so, Gareth, I know you got it, and you said that level two was the best one for you on that. Yeah, yeah, I did it. I did see some videos where you could, um, if you got it timed right, you could basically pin an enemy up against the wall and just keep hitting him there, and he would keep rebounding back off the wall, and eventually you could get your 250 hits in. I tried to just replicate that with no, no success at all. Um, so, tried on the first level for for quite some time um got i think the most i got on that was 70 or 80 um oh, really because i got to like 230 i actually got to like 230 240 twice and then another time i got to 248 which was two its away and i got hit by an enemy one of the ones uh, no. the foot soldiers that jump from the uh the ceiling and slam down i was like yeah god dang it yeah so yeah so then i went on to i thought i'll try level two and level two you're in quite a good position because i changed the character i was doing it with casey jones i'm now with did it with april o'neill but there's a about six or seven enemies at the start which you can get a good sort of 40 odd hits out of and then 
as you start walking, you get that there's a pizza box with the which gives you your, your special move, and then a, and then a, maybe about six or seven enemies approach you as well. So at that point, you just start swinging, and that basically takes your as long as you if you can get it right, and they keep rebounding off the edge of the screen, you get up to about ninety to a hundred hits. So then you know that uh, now you're sort of nearly halfway there, uh, and then it's just taking your time sort of uh, and learning. The, the moves, you know, it took, it took several attempts, well, probably several, probably about 10 or 12 different attempts trying to go through it, um, learning what the enemies did, when they jumped, what, when they threw their, their weapons, making sure out of the way. And eventually I got missed, um, didn't do it quick enough on what the first attempt, got to 243, and then obviously realised the mistake. And then the time after, got yeah, managed to do it on, on 258. So it was... Um, by far the easier of the two levels that that I found, to be honest. Yeah, and, and one other tip for that, because when I was doing it, I, so I played story mode the first time on with uh, Donatello, and as you play through story mode, as you kill, you know, the number of enemy kill you kill uh, increases, you know, over time you will kind of level up. So each character starts at zero and you can get them to 10, and they get new moves as you go on, and they can hold, you know, build up essentially more super moves. So you can actually uh, get more, like... Um, get more super moves at once. So essentially at first you can only hold one and then after time you can build up to three if you, as you, as you level up. So you can hold up to three super moves at a time. What I was doing, I was on Casey Jones and I only had one super move, which makes things harder. So if you, like I would say, if you're doing the story mode on somebody uh, was a certain character, like for me, it was Donatello. I was at level eight and I could hold three super moves. So do it with that character because That'll help you. Those super moves will really help you and save your combo if somebody's going to come in and hit you. And plus, you just you know can wipe out you know four, five, six foot soldiers at a time, or however, or whatever type of enemies are there. So use the character you went through story mode for the first time, and that'll be allow you to essentially build up three super moves, which you can unleash whenever you want. Uh, I pick Casey Jones because he has the best stats in the game: um, three, two, and two for. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. So. But I, again, with only one super move, being able to save up and not being able to bank any energy after you get to that one super move, it, it made things harder. So it took me hours and hours to do it on the first level. But I think that if you are able to store up to three super moves, then that'll help you tremendously. So that is one my, my tip for that, uh, that trophy, because that trophy took me a long time to get. Did, did we vamp I, along uh, enough, Tricky? Yeah, you actually vamped too long. Hold on a second. Well, you're just ungrateful as shit, aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm. Um, look, look. I'm, people have said there's not enough trophy talk, and Gareth and I just went over a little trophy tip. I, 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 I'm not mad at you at all. All right, so our topic of the week is coming from more of the Activision Blizzard situation. Um, this is written by Rebecca Valentine over at IGN. I'm going to read the entire article, so sit back and get your ear holes ready, uh, because I think there's a lot to unpack in this. Uh, go give this a click. Again, it's IGN, written by Rebecca Valentine. Uh, after conducting its own internal investigation, Activision Blizzard's board of directors claims that it has found no evidence to suggest that its senior executives and its own members ignored or downplayed gender harassment. It's also urging its shareholders to vote against an upcoming proposal to, cra- to craft a report about its own efforts to prevent abuse, abuse and harassment. In a new SEC file and Activision Blizzard asserted, quote, 
The board and its external advisors have determined that there's no evidence to suggest that Activision Blizzard senior executives ever intentionally ignored or attempted to downplay the instances of gender harassment that occurred and were reported. That work has also not been on the, that work has also not unearthed any evidence directly or indirectly suggesting any attempt by any senior executive or employee to conceal information from the board. Outside advisors, after exhaustive review, also determined the board never intentionally ignored or attempted to downplay the instances of gender harassment that occurred and were reported, end quote. The initial complaint from the state of California filed after a two-year-long investigation accuses the company leadership of knowing about and failing to prevent numerous internal cultural issues. Subsequent reports and lawsuits have similarly included accusations and incidences reported that and either ignored or brushed aside with little meaningful consequences for the perpetrators. After the initial slate of allegations, over 20 employees have been fired as a result by the fo- by the following October, and over 20 more have been otherwise disciplined. Notably, Activism Blizzard's committee response focuses uh, on harassment uh, that, quote, occurred or was reported, end quote, as defined by the company. Uh, so the internal investigation in question was first announced back in November following a California lawsuit and sweeping wave of allegations of abuse, harassment, and gender-related disparities at the company. Among them was the accusation that CEO Bobby Kotick knew of many of the issues at the company but failed to take action. The Activision Blizzard board of directors backed Kotick in a statement at the time saying it remained, quote, confident that Bobby Kotick appropriately addressed workplace issues brought to his attention, end quote. As allegations mounted, the board established a workplace responsibility committee to conduct its own internal investigation of the allegations. The committee was run by Activision Independent Director Dawn Ostroff and fellow Independent Director Revita Bowers also joined the community. Uh, excuse joined the committee. In April, five months after the investigation was announced, Lulu Chang Mercy was added to the board and joined the committee. The committee's investigative work is said to have included reviewing, quote, individual instances of harassment, end quote, as well as company policies and procedures, reviewing source documents such as employee emails and interviews, and conducting its own interviews of current and former employees. The committee claims to have worked with the assistance of external advisors, including law firms and experts in workplace issues, to come to these conclusions, but has only named one external advisor in its report, Gilbert S. Casellas. Casellas is a former chair of the Equal Opportunity, Employee, Opportunity Commission, and his role in the investigation is said by activists Blizzard to have involved reviewing data from investigative reports of gender harassment across the U.S. from 2016 and 2021. From these... Casellas concluded that there was no widespread harassment, pattern, or practice of harassment or systematic harassment at Activision Blizzard or at any of its businesses units during that time frame. Mr. Casellas further concluded that based on the volume of reports, the amount of misconduct reflected is comparatively low for a company the size of Activision Blizzard. Uh, no further detail was offered as to what else elements of Activision Blizzard's workplace culture Casellas was offered to look at as a comparison point to reach this conclusion. IGN reached out to Activision Blizzard to clarify who else was involved in this committee as well as the nature of Casellas' contribution as well. And we'll update this article if a response is received. Okay, I said I was going to read the whole article, but I'm not going to keep going. 
basically, this is saying that Activision Blizzard hired people, did their own investigation, and is coming out and saying there was nothing wrong. I, I'm going to start this conversation off by saying you can never, when you have allegations of this magnitude, there's no way anybody's ever going to convince me that an internal investigation, when, they, when somebody comes out and says, oh, we did an internal investigation and nothing came out, you're never going to convince me that that was done properly. Maybe you guys feel differently, but well, I, I I don't see how an internal investigation is going to go come out and say, "Oh yeah, we didn't do anything." If they actually did, because then that would make them look bad. Yeah, I mean, if you, well, they they took on one external, wasn't it? Because it was a board of directors work working group is the is the uh, phrase that they they used for doing it. But it's about um, interpretation a lot of it as well in terms of. Because what they're going to be focusing on is they're making sure that they're not saying necessarily that it, it doesn't happen because obviously it, something did happen because they settled out of court for $18 million in t- last year for uh, you know a harassment, a sexual harassment lawsuit. So there obviously is um, instances where it ha- where there has been harassment, discrimination. I think what they're looking at is from a director's uh, perspective is the have they got the right policies and procedures in place to deal with that and they're stating that they they believe they do um, so whilst they're probably sort of covering it up slightly by saying well they're not ruling out that anything doesn't happen but they are covered by the fact that they feel as though they've got adequate or sufficient policies procedures uh, and processes in in place um, to deal with it, which oh, I mean we're not privy to sort of what what goes on, but you know from there's no smoke without fire. We know what the allegations are. Um, it, it's a bit of a sham, really. This this whole thing, uh, if I'm, from my opinion, anyway. Um, but um, yeah, I think they want to try and. Cover their cover their own backs from it, really. To be honest, but um, it's there's so much. It's so wishy washy. Where the whole article is just it's so contradictory um, that yeah, I, I just don't don't buy any of it. To be honest with you, Alex. Yeah, the thing that gets me is they said that oh, this guy found that this is you know a actually for this company this size a smaller amount than you would expect. Of these kind of incidences, I mean, they had some woman kill herself after a trip with an, with someone who was above her, with a superior. You know, for me, like there are so many incidents, and in this situation, this culture was, you know, seemed to pervade so much of Activision that it had been allowed to fester over a long period of time. So, to me, telling me that higher ups didn't know or that people didn't go to higher ups, I think that's bullshit. There's no possible way, you know, people in at the top of the company didn't know about this stuff. Because the incidents just seem to be so well, pervasive. It just seemed to, you know, one after another and just way too many to happen without okay, people knowing. To, all right. To be fair, Alex, they're, they're not saying that they didn't know. They're, what they're saying is that once it was found out, they addressed it appropriately. Where the Where the lawsuit against them right now is saying that they don't feel like you know, I, I I'm not just trying to single him out, even though he's an asshole. 
They're saying that once Kodak found out, he didn't do the proper things where this internal investigation is saying that Kodak did everything in his power to address it, but the but the lawsuit is saying he didn't, and that's what the lawsuit's about. Well, I guess my response would be if he had done everything in his power, this wouldn't have happened so many times. Because, I mean, right. as uh, described in all these things, this was a culture at Activision. It wasn't just like one incident or two incidents. This was the culture of that company across many different studios. I think, isn't there evidence of a voicemail that he left to his PA or something threatening to kill her as well, wasn't it? That Bobby I Kodak, don't so remember that. I'm sure I was reading it earlier along them lines. That was one of the, one of the instances that... Um, or the allegations brought against him has been. Yeah, I, I'm like you guys. I don't believe it, but I mean this. This is essentially them trying to cover their tracks. I believe to make it seem like it's not as bad as it was. Uh, coming also from the article. Uh, just to you know, touch on what I was just saying to you, Alex. Uh, it says. It's also discouraging shareholder. It's also discouraging shareholders from voting against a proposal. For a director candidate to be added to the board that would be selected by the Activision Blizzard's non-management employees. The latter proposal was suggested, among other reasons, as particularly beneficial in light of the recent allegations regarding sexual misconduct at the company. Activision CEO Bobby Kotick reportedly had known for years about the alleged, alleged sexual assault at the company, but did not inform the board. Um, it also goes on to say, and I don't know if this really matters in the grand scheme of things, but it says, finally, the board is advocating shareholders to vote for approval for its executive compensation package, which includes reverting Codex back to his $875,000 annual salary after he reduced it last October to $62,500. I missed calls for his resignation due to the allegations against him and the company. Codex pays actual pay is typically significantly higher due to stock and numerous other bonuses and awards, although he opted out of several of those last year due to the work culture allegations, as well as repeated criticisms of his compensation package. Uh, Kodak still remains eligible for several million in bonuses as early as July 18th if the board determines he has significantly made progress in improving the company's culture. Yay, Bobby Kodak gets more money for some reason. I, listen to me. I, I think anytime you're you're dealing with a company and there's allegations of this magnitude, you cannot do an internal investigation and then come out and say we did nothing wrong. The only way an internal investigation is good in this situation is if you come out and say, "Yes, we found the problem. Yes, the problem's been addressed." The problem has been taken care of, and we will not have this again. If you do an internal investigation, and then you come out and say, we did nothing wrong, that, to me, just makes you look more guilty. Well, again, and stuff like, this is actually less than the amount you would see at a company of the comparable size. It's like, are you serious? Like they're Again, they're trying to make things look not as bad as they are. They're trying to downplay it. And they haven't given any facts or figures around those numbers either. So... It, yeah, um, it happens. It happens at all sorts of companies, but um, but this is a massive, massive organisation. That's that's gonna. It's got money behind it. Um, 
they'll be they'll be trying to look into sort of ways to to minimise the damage. Although I mean, albeit they've sort of sold out to uh, to to Microsoft now anyway. But um, from a reputation perspective, they'll be um, looking to minimise the damage in any way possible. That you know, any, any way they can. And let's um, be honest, that helps Activision, but also Microsoft. I'm not saying Microsoft yeah, has any play in this, or that they're trying to smooth things over. But certainly buying Activision when the situation is, you know, not as you know demonic as it, it seems that the work culture was there, it certainly pays benefits for the company buying you as well. Now, I I think I've asked this on the show before. But obviously the company's called Activision Blizzard, but are they still two separate companies just under the same header or cuz I I noticed like in this article like this is Activision CEO Bobby Kotick. It doesn't say Activision Blizzard CEO. Didn't they split? So does Blizzard because they were together and then because what was it Vivendi Univ- like Vivendi Universal bought Activision Blizzard and they became or bought Activision and they became Activision Blizzard, but was Activision the smaller part in that? I I would think Blizzard would be the the bigger yeah, part. Yeah, so I think Activision was the smaller part of that, but then I think they split them at some point. Let me see. So Blizzard has their own CEO? I I don't know. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Do, 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 do. Um let me see. Uh, I just Googled Blizzard CEO and it came up Bobby Kotick. Yeah, it is. It basically, it looks as though the two companies merged in 2007. Um, so that's when it was. And he was the new president and CEO of, of the new company, which was Activision Blizzard. Yeah, there have been more recent questions about can, Act- can uh, Blizzard split from Activision, I, but I'm not seeing anything specifically... Um, about them officially doing it. I thought at some point they had kind of split, but obviously it's still Activision Blizzard, so see articles about them splitting with Bungie. Uh, Activision Blizzard split from Vivendi to move forward court rules, so that comes from GameDeveloper.com back in October 10th, 2013, so maybe it's just they, that maybe that's what I was thinking of, where Activision split from Vivendi, and uh, you just had Activision Blizzard going forward. All right. Let's uh let's wrap up the show because we're approaching the two hour mark. Uh, any final comments that you guys want to make about this whole situation? Yeah, I, I don't think that Activision Blizzard could be more full of shit if they tried, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm just I'm in agreement with Alex. To be honest with you, it's um yeah I've said my piece on it, but it's um yeah sh- shocking really that the the, uh, the it's just. <laughs> I mean, it's it just seems to me it's so blatantly obvious just what they're what they're trying to do in terms of just you know mask it, play play the situation down. Um, that it's almost like too obvious that it's uh, you know that that they're, they're trying to cover yeah, up. So, well, he, he, my thoughts on this is like obviously Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard is a big deal, but. With all this allegations and everything, I mean, is it really good for Microsoft to buy them at this point? Like, that's the that's the question that keeps coming over my mind is, do you want to inherit all these problems? Because if this sale goes through, which uh, re- is re- not reported to happen until uh, the earliest of next year, 
Um, is it really worth Microsoft, you know, inheriting all these problems? And, you know, you're going to have to deal with the, the question of once Microsoft uh, completes the sale, do you keep Bobby Kotick on? Do you uh, remove him? It, it, this... This situation with the harassment and everything, we're going to be talking about this for years, unfortunately. I mean, I wish this is one of those things where we could just say what, what's going on and then move on and never have to approach this again. But this is something that's going to happen for years. Microsoft inherited all these problems. Do you keep Kodak on? Uh, you know, if they keep him on and it comes out that he was wrong, then, you know, you get the bad press of oh well you kept this guy on he you know he was accused of this stuff blah 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 but then there's also you're you're innocent until you're proven guilty uh, it's, yeah. it's too many questions gone. in my mind I, I can't see that they'll keep him keep him on to be honest i think he'll be gone because and they'll and they can sort of um tailor it to the fact that you know they want to sort of manage things their own way um bring in their own their own culture their own teams their own people um, and that'll be the way they'll get around it, and um, then they can, I suppose, come across as the the good guys by sort of um, refreshing things there. And if they can start Clean, producing, cleaning yeah, cleaning it up, yeah. That, so they could then benefit from it, you know, from looking as, uh, you know, doing doing good, and obviously, um, you know, especially if they get sort of, you know. Um, the games start start coming out, you know, which obviously they they should be at some point sooner or later. Um, you know, if the if the employees are happier there, you know, they can obviously shout 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 about that, you know, and um, you know, it's then you know Microsoft are, are shown up in a in a good light from it all. All right, Alex. Yeah, I mean, there's some value, valuable IP in, in you know, that sale, and that's why it costs so much to buy Activision. So I think that Microsoft is not big enough for two people like Kotick and Phil Spencer. Why does Microsoft want to, you know, inherit all that talent, but also pay so many CEO, like, or executive level people? So Phil Spencer's got his own people. Microsoft had their own people. They'll be running the show, and Bobby Kotick will be gone. They'll offer him a nice package to go away. And like I said, Phil Spencer's the guy who's running it. Bobby Kotick's not going to want to answer anybody. So if he can just get out of the situation and, you know, Microsoft can look good by cleaning things up, like Gareth said, then it's fine. Obviously, you know, you got Starfield coming out. Starfield was something, uh, well, that's from Bethesda, but um, not my, not Activision Blizzard. But it goes to show that the, mo- the game that people have been most excited for on Xbox, let's be honest, in a really long time is Starfield. And that was from a company that they brought in from the outside. That was from Bethesda. So again, I think the, the the purchase of Bethesda is more important to people who play video games than the purchase of Activision Blizzard. Activision Blizzard might be better for their, their financial situation, uh, or it might be better for their coffers, but I think that Bethesda was the better purchase when it comes to appealing to people who play video games. But yeah, I mean, if you think you can clean up that situation, and you can get all that IP, and you can make money off it, then yeah, I think it's it's, you know... It probably also helped them purchase Activision because with, you know, all the trouble they've had with, you know, their sustainable, their business model not being sustainable of having to up the ante on, on the quality of all their games and, you know, relying so heavily on sequels, that played a role. But also you have these allegations and this, in this finance or this legal trouble and Activision probably like, fuck it, let's just sell, let's get out. And, and, and the people at the top of Activision will be given a lot of money to go away. And so, you know, I don't think it's a bad purchase by Microsoft, but they're going to have to clean up that system and make people want to stay. So. It's going to be 
a tough road ahead or it's going to be a tough challenge, but for the money you're going to be making off the games they're releasing, you know, it, it'll, it'll probably work out for them well in the end. All right. Let's close out the show with some shout outs. Alex, we'll start with you, sir. Give a shout out to the community, the fans, the listeners, the community of Trophy Horrors, the fuel to the fire that is this show, the heart and soul of our, you know, what we do here uh, without you all and your excitement. Because, you know, I could be as excited as I want for Turtle uh, Shirt's Revenge, but if the rest of you don't jump on board and you guys don't show the same enthusiasm and vigor and, you know, want to play and go, you know, play co-op online with each other and help each other with trophies, like, that kind of spirit and that kind of, like, excitement feeds and intensifies when you have more people. So, you know, play, just playing the game was special for me, but for being able to play with other people and also, you know, being able to see the excitement of other people that has fed my excitement for the game. So thank you all for just contributing in the smallest of ways, just buying a game and showing your enthusiasm and helping each other out. That's really a fantastic part of this community. And you know, the trophy looting page, which is a combination of the, uh, the loop bros and trophy horrors. Like, I think it's fantastic that two communities can kind of come together to, you know, all find a better way to, you know, express our enjoyment and to share the enjoyment of video games. So you guys are awesome. Thank you for supporting us always. Be shout out to to Yield and to Tricky. A shout out to uh, all the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day to Gareth, uh, who took his family on a fantastic trip to, to Florida. Uh, Tricky, obviously, uh, a fantastic dad. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to my own father, Rusty, who we actually got to go out to dinner with. I haven't seen him in a while, but uh, I was really glad to get to go out to go out and get uh, Mexican food and fried ice cream with my dad. So, and a uh, big shout out to Tribute Games for uh, Shredder's Revenge best turtles game ever made and they got my boys ground chuck and dirtbag in there they're bosses in the fourth level i think no fourth or fifth fourth level i think um and it's it's awesome so i love the game and thank you so much for tribute uh for bringing that to life uh last but not least i want to uh, thank my loving and awesome girlfriend ashley i love you honey and uh yeah that is going to be the end of my shout outs um shout out to tricky and alex for having me on tonight um recording um Shout out again to again to Alex and and Joe um, for going through Shredder's Revenge. Um, it's great great to uh, first time I've played online properly with the community for a, for a little while. Certainly since for a few weeks and with no Rocket League action. Um, shout out to everybody who's contributing into the um, the new group that we've got formed, the Trophy Looting Group, which is it's great to see so many people um, um, posting in there different games i love seeing all the different games that people are playing and, and needing help with and i'm sure um between us all we can sort of all help each other out and uh, and, and play games for you know because we enjoy it um and lastly uh just shout out to to, to daryl and his family just for traveling all the, all the way down um from from his home eight and eight and a half nine hours you know to come and see us when we went to florida um Amazing time! Great to great to meet up with him. Um, great people, him and his family. So, yeah, that about wraps it up for me. Oh, before I let you go, Gareth, who is your favorite uh, turtles villain, the boss in Shredder's Revenge? Because we know I love Ground Chuck and Dirtbag, but uh, who who is your favorite when you got to see him? Um, quite, see, I'm not as as big a. I mean, I used to be watch Turtles, but you know the cartoon but i haven't seen it for years other than the remake of the film so a lot of those i couldn't tell you the names of them but when i saw them um i recognized them. there was one was there one on about level 10 or 11 which and i 
I had never thought about him since I watched those cartoons when I was, you know, about 30 years ago, which was the, was it one that was like a, a fly? Oh, like Baxter a, Stockman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, totally the, he was the... Until I first saw him. So. He wasn't uh, a scientist. He was a flyantist. Okay, <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was the probably the, the, the one that um, brought back the most sort of nostalgia, really, from, you know, my childhood, really. All right, uh, and I only have one shout out uh, this week. Uh, I'm gonna forego my normal shout outs. I mean, you guys know, all know that I love you and appreciate you, but I want to give a shout out to my dad. Um, obviously, this is Father's Day, and this is the first time I'm celebrating Father's Day uh, without being able to call him. It's been a really rough day, and I want to, you know, appreciate Garrett and Alex for both showing up to record. It's kind of helped keep my mind off of it, for at least for the two hours that we've been recording. So I want to thank you guys for that. Uh, but if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Cowabunga! The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. <laughs> <laughs>